This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Steve. I just want to let you know that for all the latest on our podcast, uh, hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon if you want to check that out. But our homepage is with the Age of Radio Network at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. And if you're looking for some amazing art, check out my wife's Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. All kinds of great stuff there. Also, follow us at PodCartFest. That's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T for our periodic art and podcasting festival that we're going to be hosting. It's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah, on that note, let's get to the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steve and Izzy Hey everybody, well it's Steve again uh, this week we're doing something a little different uh, We're doing a kind of a podcast switcheroo thing Uh moxie with uh, your brain on facts at ybof pod uh she kind of had this idea where people kind of switch around episodes with other podcasts uh so we're doing with no highway option which is a, a great little movie podcast uh we're switching their episodes so you can check them out and they're gonna i think they're doing like our mortal Kombat annihilation episode on their podcast you know spreading the love around uh but for this one they're talking about the 1970s japanese horror movie house which i haven't seen but I've heard on like four other episodes of like other podcasts and stuff now. So it's like, oh, maybe I need to check this out. It sounds kind of, kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, enjoy. Gonna try to speak Japanese for this one. I learned my lesson. Yeah, okay, that works as the fun (laughs) intro. Thank you, Taylor. Welcome to No Highway Options, cinema podcast where we answer the one question that applies to every movie ever made is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 Sunil Masterpiece, The Pacifier? Pretend that was in Japanese. Pretend those lined up. I'm one of your hosts, Connor J. Burke, and if I was in this movie, my name would be Tangerine because hair orange. Uh, I see. Um, all right. I'm your other host, Luke, and I would be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And we have a special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, folks. My name is Taylor, and if I was in this movie, I would be NB. 
Nice. And if you couldn't tell from our little introduction there, which you might not be able to, you might think we're talking about like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or something. But Why would they think that? Because of the lining up of the names with the personalities thing. And the opening in Japanese. I don't know, man. Some people might be like, okay, maybe, maybe they think it's Kingdom Hearts. Maybe uh, they think we've done a hard right turn and didn't look at the title of the episode. We might come back to that later, that thought. Y'all can't see my face. What? But my face, my eyes are real wide. <laughs> I, I didn't think that. Yeah, our next episode is just the cut scenes from Kingdom Hearts 2. Strictly Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> anyway, uh... The movie was given to us by last week's guest Dylan from Cocktails and Classics. Thank you, Dylan. It is the 1977 Japanese horror comedy House or Hausu. Over on our Instagram coming attractions game, nobody got it right. Only one person guessed, but that still means nobody got it right. I stand by it was a good hint, and if you watch the movie, you'll understand why. But... We still want to do some shout-outs, and I did forget to add this part to the exam episode last week, and my bad for that. So, quick shout-outs to the Disney College podcast and past and future guest Chris Nikki for getting the exam clue right. Even though one of them lives with one of the hosts, and I told the other one exactly what it was before we recorded so is that cheating i don't know but it's a shout out it's not like it's money follow us on our instagram at no highway pod where the first sunday of every month our instagram story will go up around noon and you'll have 24 hours to use some picture clues to decipher what movies we're covering on the show for the month and if you get it right you get a shout out on the show all right enjoy house wow does anyone have any history with this uh no this uh this is the first time what a masterpiece though <laughs> yeah right yeah. off the bat i give it a 10 out of 10 <laughs> i know we're supposed to do this later but um but solid solid maybe even like a 12 out of 10 solid you gotta respect the absolute insanity they, cr- they smashed it ensues they just the yeah it was an it's I was gonna bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. So this was actually made in response to an American movie. Uh Toho, the distribution company, saw a certain American film and went to the director, Noboyiko Obayashi, and said, Hey, write something that'll look like this. Can you guess what it is? Seventies American film. I'm going to say old Starsky and Hutch episodes. Interesting. Uh, what do you think, Taylor? Oh, my God. Um, that gave me real Star Wars vibes, but I know that that's not it. Because Star Wars no, wasn't horror. You're not far off in both your answers. Uh, it's Jaws. Apparently, after Jaws did really well, they were like, can you write a script for us? And he was like... Well, I talked to my kid about what she's scared of, so I, I mean, made this. I mean, it ends kind of jazzy for a minute. I, I guess maybe. Well, like there's some, there's a little bit of jaws. 
The, there was vastly less nipples in Jaws, I would oh, say. Uh, 100% <laughs> less nipples, I, yes. Yeah, I was... Okay, so if, if you haven't seen this movie yet, um, there is 100% more nip than I expected <laughs> going into yeah. the screening of the film. Um, first appearance, Probably. I was shocked, jaw dropped. Not because I'm, I'm like... afraid of nipples, <laughs> but simply because we're talking 1970s Japan. And it doesn't seem like it's a movie that would be nipply. Right. The first time, it, like, very shock value. But they used, I dare say, they used nipples so many times that by the end I was like, yep, okay, again. The great thing about, okay, so just <laughs> overarching vibe, I actually was terrified. Not in, like, the, like, jump scare type terrified, but just to how batshit acid trip crazy it was like I was Mm -hmm. disconcerted the entire time and I was like it's (laughs) I felt like I was in an insane asylum it's like the quote from the David S. Pumpkin sketch there's nothing scarier to the mind than the unknown like you don't know what's gonna happen with this especially because it starts out kind of like a sitcom yeah, like I yeah. got, I got like, um, shoot, what's that game show where, like, it, it it was? I'm pretty sure it was a Japanese game show, and they just did the like crazy stunts, and people just fell off poles and got hit with shit. Oh, didn't we talk about this in a Is it earlier episode? A, are we talking about MXC? Probably, maybe. But just MXC, like Takeshi's Castle, but yes. then we, yes, but it, it was like a they all Spike T. It was on Spike TV, yeah. and they dubbed over it, <laughs> yeah, horribly, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of reminded me of that where it was like slapstick and very mm-hmm. all over the place, and I just felt like people were quote unquote being pushed off the pole like the entire time. <laughs> Also, I'm yeah. sorry if you hear my cat in the background. Speaking of cats. There's one in this movie. <laughs> and it is. It, it's a big deal. I mean, it was it's the center of the original poster. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, just the cat and then everything behind it's on fire. And then just house. Accurate. Like how. And it's, you know, it just it announces what it is. Like how the very beginning of this movie says, uh movie house like you know what yeah. you're up for. <laughs> like i don't know what i'm getting into just straight to the point <laughs> what are we doing here movie oh it's house. a movie good fantastic <laughs> absolutely I, loved something it. bonkers was coming but i didn't know what i started to make notes for this podcast because i'm a good student and i just stopped like any good <laughs> student does um, because there was just so much going on that I couldn't keep up. But the very first thing, I knew I was in for a wild ride the minute that that scarf flew off, like, <laughs> wannabe stepmom's neck. Oh, and, yeah. like, it was a completely different green screen panel, like, in the mm. mirror of the door. There's, there's a lot of weird editing in this that, like, I can't tell if it was a mistake or if it was supposed to make you feel off-put or what. <laughs> there's but no like, mistakes. It was all it on worked. purpose. I believe, I believe it was all on purpose. And if it wasn't <laughs> on purpose, 
they achieved their that goals. Was. That, yeah. Yeah. Then great job. Then, we got our yeah our our main characters. Uh, there's seven friends. We've got gorgeous, melody, sweet, kung fu, prof, fantasy, and Mac. Mac. And you know it's like the seven dwarves, like we mentioned. Mac Apparently, is that character from Greece? But like the Japanese version, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Rizzo? You know, no, you're talking about the, no. no, the the eating one. Yes, the yeah. other one. I said Rizzo, but it's the other one. <laughs> With Apparently, the braces and the ponytail. Oliver. Yeah. Apparently, according to IMDb, Mac is not short for McDonald's, but it's short for stomach. Oh, I thought Big Mac. I thought Big they, Mac McDonald's as well. But. They said the thing about the stomach the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, they said... Sh- I just did, assumed that, yeah, yeah, it was going there. Like, didn't they say something about, like, she eats too much? She's, like, a bit... Like, she eats sandwiches or burgers or something maybe it was a play on words the japanese are very good at using play on words as such well yeah and this is uh like the subtitle translation so we might not be getting everything perfect indeed even though it is criterion so they they like to do stuff good that girl was also the same size as all the other girls right yeah i'm not crazy like her face was a little rounder, but like, but like, yeah, but she was the same size. <laughs> but yeah, it it wasn't noticeable. It was just they they were going down the list, and they were like, "Well, we gotta have a fat one." I know that like teenagers are mean and stuff, but they couldn't find one bigger girl in all of Japan. Probably like, not. Mac there. was never like, guys, stop. She was just like, yep, that's me, eating girl. Honestly, <laughs> Man, we're gonna miss dinner because of all this spooky stuff. She didn't have time. Honestly, I love that about Mac. I'm like, I wish I had your your body positivity energy. Like, can I get mm-hmm. that? Acceptance of whatever's thrown at you. Literally. Like, can I be as excited about life as you are as excited about a watermelon? <laughs> So, Ooh. I I can tell you, I can tell you're listening to this if you don't know the movie and being like this doesn't sound at all like a horror movie. It's just about these seven teenage girls. They're going to Gorgeous's aunt's house, and you know they're just hanging out, aren't they? There's you know weird little character introductions in a circle, and looking at the camera. So many uses of that weird telescope shot. Yeah, it's like, you must focus on this. Iris in. I loved that every time. Every time? Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I sometimes, <laughs> Most of the time, but sometimes I was like, all right, can we can we pay attention to what's going on? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but uh, we go to Gorgeous' aunt's house. Uh, she has a cat named Blanche. Blanche, that's the white cat that's everywhere. Gorgeous has the cat at first, though. Well, the cat goes and finds her. Yeah. Well, she has the cat at her house, and then she takes it to the aunt's house. Like, I think it's probably the aunt's cat to begin with. Yeah. I thought it was her mom's spirit. I thought I thought it was her mom. Like, I thought the cat was a good guy. Like, I was prepared <laughs> right? for the cat to be the good nope. guy, thinking it was mom's spirit. She was going to lead her to her aunt's house, and eventually the cat was going to, like, save the day. I was 
180% wrong. I That was a complete <laughs> yeah. turnaround for me. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous's mom died eight years ago, and her dad is dating Ryoko, who is in the film for a second. And also Mr. Togo, their teacher, is supposed to meet them at the house for training camp. So the teachers at this school are the same age as these children, right? <laughs> like all of these they actors like- are the same age. It looks like three years. It looks like when it looks like everybody's the college student teacher in a high school class. I guess like maybe Mr. Togo looks a little older, but when they're talking to that gym teacher, she could have just been one of the classmates. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, the three adult characters, but mostly the the male teacher, Mr. Togo, mm. uh, he is the front runner. For the, is there anything as batshit insane as the one scene Sound of Music subplot <laughs> from The Pacifier? He does not make any sense in this movie. I don't want to say he feels like a studio note to, like, cut to something silly. Because, like, this feels like nobody interfered with it and it's just Obayashi, like, throwing whatever he wanted there. Like, the fact that Mr. Togo is supposed to go there immediately, but he's late because in fast motion he falls down the stairs and gets a bucket stuck on his ass? Yeah, so that was one of those scenes where, like, you're trying to take notes and so much shit is happening. Like, the story is called Shoemaker and then there's a horse and then the teacher in the bucket and then there's butt bucket drumming. I'm like, you can't, you're just fucking writing it down. Yeah, I hadn't looked at my notes for a while, and when I glanced at them right before recording, I was like, oh, these are the scrawlings of a madman? (laughs) These are the scrawlings of someone who just got, like, who just had a tab of LSD and started writing down what they're seeing in front of them. Basically. Yeah, his ass stuck in a bucket. And then he turns into bananas at the end. He turns into bananas! (laughs) Because he starts screaming bananas instead of watermelon. <laughs> that he's just a pile of bananas. Like, you, uh, the, 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 ma, the stepmommy comes up and all of a sudden you just see a car full to the brim with bananas with and Mr. Hat. Togo's hat on the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. We get a little backstory on the ant where it's a World War II flashback. And her fiancé goes to war and never comes back. But all the girls are watching and commenting on the World War II flashback. Yeah, everybody's in the flashback. <laughs> Everybody can see. They can comment on how the mom is pretty. Uh... I think that's rad as hell. <laughs> I feel like we don't see that much, and I loved it. And I loved that it was, like, a half-silent film. And then all of a sudden, you just hear a voiceover of one of the teenage girls like, oh, so pretty. <laughs> I guess he's go. oh, that's his draft card, isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a draft card. <laughs> wow. Uh, also important, the house is in the middle of the nowhere. And right before they get to the house, they buy a watermelon. It's a big one. From a, a guy selling watermelons. It's a watermelon store that's a fucking golf cart. You never seen side of the road fruit carts? I've never seen a, a man with a hundred watermelons in a golf cart. He specializes. It's a specialty item. 
he's good at he's good at it i mean so good that it you know you can ignore the taste of when it's actually a person did you see the watermelon laugh behind him as they were leaving excuse me it did yeah yeah one of the watermelons when he was laughing a watermelon was laughing one of the hanging ones that's awesome i gotta, <laughs> I gotta check that again oh my <laughs> oh my god little warnings Ooh. Wow. Yeah, i could watch this movie again and have a whole different experience i'm sure yeah this feels like this feels like a movie that like you'd put on at a party when it's like com- about to die down and you're like just just trust me on this one all right everybody grab a drink sit down we are watching house and they're like oh that tv show with the doctor <laughs> yes yeah. that one sit down and pay attention because <laughs> yeah just just hold on tight hold on real <laughs> tight yeah, the ants there, crystals are falling down and trying to stab them. A... What? <laughs> Can we talk about the lizard that gets stabbed? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lizard that gets destroyed. And then the cat starts eating it? Because a piece of the chandelier falls, breaks off of the chandelier and falls because the chandelier is trying to kill everybody, I guess. But Kung Fu flies through the air and scissor kicks it and murders a lizard. Kung Fu's tough. Kung Fu is the best character. Kung Fu is the best character. Also, yeah. completely unbothered. Speaking of random shit flying at her and her completely destroying it, she chops wood in half and then the wood becomes animated. And then the wood yeah. starts flying at her. And then she Some of the wood is on fire. And some of them are on fire. And she starts whipping ass. And then when she's done, completely unbothered. It's, my God, this whole thing. There's, you know, uh, there was some doctor reasons. I think the aunt's fiance used to be a doctor. So there's a skeleton in the house. The, uh, the one... grandfather. The grandfather, okay. Or her he... father then. I'm convinced have... that that skeleton was grandpa. <laughs> Probably. He have one eyeball. And he's a dancer. <laughs> the only, <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, grandpa moves 100%. I'm going to say, because people are probably listening to this and going, okay, so it's definitely more comedy than horror. But I I don't, I don't, personally, I don't think so. But what, I think the scariest part about the entire movie, not just like how disconcerting it was because the CGI was whack and hard cut scenes and things would just be weird. But there's, there's a scene, I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a scene where the ant is eating a watermelon and she's eating and all of a sudden the watermelon turns into an eyeball in her mouth uh, that yep. oh i thought that was great that I was choked. some scary shit i loved that oh i stopped all... eating my popcorn <laughs> all the effects in this too uh, apparently they were made to look unrealistic nailed it <laughs> and yeah it worked really well uh there would the director obayashi had some experience working on tv commercials but he was like he yeah. had some real effects stuff but he was like you know what this is a lot of like what a kid is scared of my daughter told me a lot of like this is what she's scared of so let's make it look like some kid shit i mean like through that lens yeah for sure yeah. This whole thing could have been a Gushers commercial, you know? 
To a point. <laughs> I mean, when I mean, Melody the... gets eaten by the piano. Yeah, squash. Okay. And then it's all of like a sudden you have to it turns the colors a little bit. Yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. it turns sexual. Like her head just appears <laughs> in the sidebar, and she's like, "Oh, naughty! What?" Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of already has a partial gusher commercial because uh, Mac, when she drops her watermelon, the old gusher commercials where like the head would turn into the fruit. Oh my god! There's the watermelon in the well. And Is the well thing? Fantasy pulls it up. It's Mac's head. I've never lived in olden times. Was did people use a well to keep food cold? Oh yeah, coach. yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna say it confidently. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the confidence that this movie puts forward. See the historical is the accuracy of that movie. Brilliant. <laughs> it seemed like it like could have been true. I just was just wacky the whole damn thing the fridge was broken but was the fridge really broken or was it just the door to upstairs well it, i mean <laughs> with magic yeah. they they open it like you see inside it, you just see fridge stuff but then when ant goes in she appears up top and yeah. fit, and sh- like we got cat on a hot tin roof we got dancing <laughs> ant and cat uh, just having a good having time a grand old time as fantasy is losing her mind because her friends did uh the fuck is mac dismembered head Uh, max dismembered head came Uh. out of a well flew into the air and bit her hiney (laughs) (laughs) and there were no repercussions from that there it was that was totally was gonna happen too as soon as they're fucking pulling the watermelon. It's like, that's going to be a head, dude. That's a head. It's coming up. It's not a watermelon. <laughs> not- I didn't know that it was going to fly out and move around and then bite ass. But like- and, then, and then say, tasty. <laughs> right. And then Mac is gone from the movie. <laughs> yeah, no more mention of Mac. Like, just gone. I, I, just I, like, thought, I thought she was going to be more like just continued comic relief. She was just going to be floating around looking for food or whatever the whole thing is comic relief man yeah ollie agrees yeah you got a well water turn into blood there's a talking (laughs) doll that traps sweet in a room and then eventually blanche makes mattresses kill her i was like that was a that was a hard pillow fight like i I (laughs) remember like i have been hit by pillows and they have hurt so honestly that's a fair death in my opinion (laughs) Now, did she die or did she turn into that doll? What do we think? I she's trapped in the clock because all of a sudden she appears in a clock. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. The clock. Another gushers moment. Yeah. She has green blood. Green <laughs> blood. Green gusher well, blood. That's more of a Gatorade moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't they do all the? Oh, that's sweat. Never mind. <laughs> I was Look, waiting getting, for someone can to Can you imagine? Away. I'm getting my if commercial fluids mixed up. That's I'm sorry. The, the Gatorade commercial. It's like whoever. It's <laughs> It's like a boxer. <laughs> Armpits just start gushing Gatorade. It's blood. <laughs> he, gets, he gets his nose broken and it's all just like bright purple. Ah, man. It's like Marshawn Lynch. He runs the football in and then he's like, oh, man, I'm so thirsty. And he just starts bleeding green. <laughs> All right, I got the fluid mixed up. 
It's sweat. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. There also is a slight story with this where uh, Auntie's spirit possesses Gorgeous because the house is evil and eats the souls of unmarried people. Also, isn't she eating unmarried souls? I thought it was that when we get the giant Gorgeous head exposition, (laughs) um, isn't it that... It's that she died a long time ago, but right, her yeah. body didn't leave because it wanted to get married. So her body kicks it in the house and eats unmarried girls. Yeah, I got Sanderson sisters from that. Like, <laughs> need to eat young children in order to stay young. Like, I was like, okay, Sanderson sisters. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. That's a horror trope. I can, I yeah, can get I've... down. I th- yeah, I think how you just explained it. I think at the point when there was a giant gorgeous head. And not just a descriptor. It was literally the character Gorgeous's head. Yeah, and it was the size of the entire room explaining to her friends, hey, I'm possessed. I gotta eat ya. This is how it goes. Sorry. I, I, I was like, check. I wasn't checked out, but I was like, I can't focus on any of this there is a giant head and then lips i yeah and then like a solo lip a solo eye just everything popping up everywhere it's let's talk about fucking wacky body parts all the time (laughs) yeah melody is getting eaten by a piano and all of a sudden here's we got some hands over here we got a stray boob over here we got her belly button what is that after you <laughs> a lot of weird focus on just like the belly button section of the torso yeah just a circle that's it i mean apparently the the whole those effects were made they were just chroma keying it doing like blue screen but he was just pouring blue paint on everybody <laughs> I thought you were going to say, apparently, his kid was afraid of belly buttons. That was on the list. No, the kid had the fear of the piano, like, taking off fingers or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'll make it even worse. And I'll inspire a level in Mario 64 without knowing it. You got that chomping piano in that one ghost house in Mario 64. Just you. That's that's immediately what I thought of. Someone else has to be like, oh. It's been a while. <laughs> Me, I'm just, mm. mm-hmm, yep, confident, yes, amazing. Yes, exactly, that's what it is. <laughs> and, oh yeah, when Gorgeous gets possessed, she's like looking in the mirror, putting on her aunt's makeup, she sees her aunt in the thing, and then her body starts to fall apart and becomes fire? Yeah! <laughs> She falls all apart. I think that was like the first time that they did the falling apart, turn pieces of your face into the mean girl's bean mm-hmm. book. Burn oh. book. Bean book. <laughs> bean book. <laughs> I mean. And then she, and everything lit on fire. And then it was like a solid minute of just you looking at gorgeous on fire. But not yeah. like... But not like flames, you know, around her body. No, like a cardboard cutout (laughs) of her shape and then just CGI 
red lava, lava <laughs> yeah, it, in her body. It's like if you took a silhouette painting of someone and was like, all right, I have to color this in only orange. Yes. And But like the eye kind of looked normal for a little. It was, I can. It was something. If people who are listening to this, like people who listen, usually I have friends who have told me like, oh, I like listening to this because like I don't have to watch the movie. It feels like, like I feel like <laughs> I can picture it. I can get it. I feel like so many people don't think this is real, but it is. This is what happens. Like these are go, the plot points. Go go on HBO Max and watch it, cause man, it's something else. Worth it, hundred percent worth it. Cause we got at the very beginning, you get schoolgirl vibe, and you're like, oh, schoolgirl goes to cabin in the woods, and everyone, you know, like, okay, that's where this movie's going. And then you meet Watermelon Man. And you're like, okay, so maybe he's the culprit, but this is still, like, lighthearted, cute, kawaii, Japanese, like, whatever. You meet the ant, and then you become suspicious, and then just all hell breaks loose. Yeah, the dial, like, turns a little more, a little more, a little more. As soon as the chandelier happens, you're done. (laughs) It's, it gets turned up to 11, and then it's just one more and one more for each, like, little new thing. Like, oh, the Mac head the the flaming uh gorgeous there's a mummy that shows up a few times and attacks kung fu and kung fu kicks the shit out of it mind you and then of (laughs) course the thing that gets kung fu is a lamp yep she gets shocked by the lamp but her legs are okay for a while to save them or try to I thought she saved them because her legs the 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 chandelier completely consumes kung fu's upper body but her lower yeah. legs are in like a kung fu like uh you know jumping position and they just fly across the room hits a cat picture square in the face and blood start another gushers moment blood just starts <laughs> coming out of this cat picture and they're like we're saved it's the cat picture if the cat picture is destroyed then we're safe yeah so they go from being like okay so the house is haunted the house is evil this is the ant spirit like this is all bad to being like oh no everything starts and ends with the cat like kill the cat but it's like no don't just kill the cat this specific painting they figure that out real quick but then they don't they're not successful in killing the cat yeah the painting vomiting blood and like flooding the room yeah it doesn't do anything man i don't know there's your jaws moment though yeah Yeah. actually now that you say that you know jaws was the inspiration i i get a lot of jaws vibes from the piano scene when the piano's eating (laughs) melody i get jaws vibes from the water scene when prof dies in the water yeah i i think the if you want to make the biggest connection to like jaws from this it's like how does a safe location become horrifying so like beach vacation shark boom house cat yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's like weird word association 
Watermelon. Bite. <laughs> Bite. Yeah. <laughs> Watermelon. Eat ass. Oh. <laughs> that escalated and I like it. I, I was, the second it happened, I was like, oh, who's going to be the first to say it on the episode? <laughs> I knew that that bitch gorgeous was crazy the minute we looked into her room. Did anybody notice the wallpaper? The flowers? Yes. It was just ugly. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was enough. no sane Japanese teenager would ever have that wallpaper. And we're not talking like small flowers, like old grandma home sort of flowers. No, we're talking about like Kelly goes to Hobby Lobby and wants decor for her living room with live, laugh, love on the wallflowers. It's a huge, it's a huge, it was like, what was it, a rose? I don't know. Was, you know what I I'm talking tell. about. Yeah, yeah, but it was... Ugly. <laughs> and it covered the whole, it was a wallpaper that did the door as well. Yeah. Also... It was, it was like, uh, what's it, the Stuart Little room with the wall and the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Every yeah. little in the world can find a house that eats people. Sure. Yeah. All right. Just go to Japan. You'll you'll find <laughs> Wow. What 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 did I forget to mention? I just saw it on my notes and I forget. Was it the it hot was. tub full of hair? Yeah, okay. I was like the Gorgon, <laughs> the Grudge, the Ring? What <laughs> I mean, Japanese are. But doesn't this this predates all of them, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. I'm not not as verse in Japanese horror as I would think. This movie gives me iceberg vibes. Do you know you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Not the lettuce. Like the internet thing where it's like there's different levels to oh, it. Okay. Yes. This gives me like iceberg vibes. Like it's not the tip of the iceberg, but it's like under the under the water level on the spectrum of the iceberg list mm, of like a japanese horror iceberg yeah i can see that oh that's what i wanted to mention so when they figure out what's going on when the girls are dying and they try to escape like prof melody and kung fu for a while the cinematography is slow-mo and like choppy yeah with the phone i thought yeah like when they first try to call someone and they just hear like desperate screams on the other line which was horrifying. Right, which should have been audible. Yeah. To the other girls. It's broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. It's broken. In the most deadpan voice. But I, like, almost reloaded my browser because I was like, is some is it buffering? Is this what it's supposed to be? Because, like, it went on for just long enough where, like, something in my head was like, something's wrong. Like, this, this isn't, something's wrong on my end. This is not right. Fair. But that's might... what they wanted. Yeah, that might have been the scariest moment for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Scariest moments. I talked about mine, and Connor just talked about his. Luke. I mean, scariest. Or, wh- or uh, what was our scariest moments? Or actually scary about it? See, nothing really, like, spooked me. Um, I was I was having fun throughout. Uh, <laughs> I guess, like, maybe the, the eyeball in the mouth. But, like, I was laughing a whole bunch. <laughs> as fun, as, like, goofy and kind of funny as it is, I do think the piano-eating melody kind of freaked me out the most. Because, like, 
even as a kid, I remember specifically some sitcom, like, the one main actress was, like, singing somewhere and someone, like, slammed a piano closed on her fingers. And, like, that was a joke. Like, she started freaking out and everyone laughed. And I remember as a child being like, I don't like that. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think that's funny. That's not good. And this, it's just, like, taken to the extremes. Yeah, well, so, like, my thing was that everything that came to like it was a scary point then went one step further to something ridiculous like oh we found this girl this girl's head in the well ah but then it's gonna bite someone's ass or this piano is gonna eat somebody but while it's doing it we're gonna see a belly button and then afterwards it's just gonna (laughs) leave fingers playing the keys yes the fingies live yeah or the first time the piano like whatever it was doing before it was eating her it turned her slightly evil i was like the pisano yeah. pisano <laughs> piano possessed her yeah. yeah like did the strobe lights and kind of possessed her and then scratched her a little bit oh yeah it's like right. oh my finger it scratched me Meanwhile, this entire time, every time the piano's being played, the skeleton's just dancing in the corner just in the like, back. Arms flailing back and forth, rocking back and forth. And it's that I, same song. It it really, like, there's the whole theory that, like, comedy and horror are really close to the same thing. Like, just when it comes to reactions and being in a crowd and they're all about timing and, like, letting stuff raise and lower. And this kind of is like, yeah, and we're gonna fuck around with that a lot. A lot. Speaking of the music (laughs) of that song, did anybody else think about the Black Parade when she did, when she started with that C? Bum, bum, bum. And I think it was another note, but I was like... Yeah, there were a few times where she, that song specifically, she started on the G, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. There were a few other times, like, the main theme throughout the beginning, like, just a slight run of notes is the score from Up. The Married Life, that and then it would go off to something else, and I was like, no, keep going. Uh, Horrifying. See, I was on a different one. That, what was your different that one? song that they kept playing it was it was something well part of it was like kingdom hearts adjacent and not like any of your main theme shit it was like one specific thing that i couldn't place but and it was like it was like the first four notes we were headed that way and then we went off a different direction we were in but then the gummy they kept ship. fucking doing it. Yeah. We were in the gummy ship. We were headed to the Disney World, but then we yeah. veered left. You heard those first four notes, and it's like, man, I really feel like I should be yelling at Donald to heal me. What's going <laughs> yeah. on? Donald, you useless prick. <sighs> this whole time we're cutting back to Professor Togo. At one point, he eats noodles at a shop, and one of the chefs is... A cow? What was that? A bear. That was a bear! That was a bear! bear. Okay, I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't tell. The shop was owned by a bear! <laughs> it, it was! It was, he was, he, 
was like, oh, I'll have some noodles, please. And then Chef was like, here's some noodles. And then he was like, bom, 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 bom. and then they panned over, and it was a bear. The bear was in a full chef's uniform. <laughs> Just cooking some ramen. No big deal. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, this is the best. Oh, this is so good. This is great ramen. I'm like, <laughs> it's made by a it's bear. Like that, it's that, uh, it was that psych thing. With the, the people play basketball, and then the video ends, and it's like, did oh, you yeah. see the gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, did you notice the bear? <laughs> Who handed you the noodles? <laughs> literally. Wow. Yeah. And the whole time, he's driving a dune buggy everywhere he goes. Like, I thought that was just going to be for his first appearance. Nope, he's got his <laughs> tiny little dune buggy. And he... His last appearance, we mentioned he gets turned into a pile of bananas. <laughs> Again, saying this out loud. It's, swear to God, it's real, it happened. But he first meets the watermelon man who's like, do you want to buy some watermelons? And he's like, I don't like watermelons, I like bananas. So watermelon man gets skeletized. He just turns into a skeleton. They just start yelling about fruits back and forth. And then all of a sudden the man, the watermelon man, just melts and all of a sudden it's just a hanging head. It's, it's, that's it's, it. Rid- it's ridiculous. And that's the end of Mr. Togo's story. That's it. Yeah, it seemed like that was going to be like the key. Like, oh, he just figured it out. He's going to go save those girls with bananas, banana I guess. Yeah. And then, and then. So at the beginning of the movie, uh, you think it's kind of normal. You think it's going to be like a teenage girl thing. And uh, Gorgeous goes home and dad's like, honey, I'm getting remarried. And she's like, I don't like this girl. I don't want her in my life at all. And then it pans away and all these girls are going to visit her aunt. Like... All of a sudden, after you, you, the camera scroll, like, pans to a pile of bananas in a car. <laughs> so many bananas. You it's see the stepmom, which we haven't seen since the scene where she was like, I don't want you to be my stepmom. Comes yeah. into the, starts driving down the lane with her scarf blowing in the wind. She, her trademark scarf. She passes the car full of bananas like it was normal. Goes to the house and then uh, bursts into flames. Yeah, Ryoko uh, enters the movie at like minute 10 and then is gone until minute like 86. And it's an 88 minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all the girls end up dying. At one point, right before Fantasy dies, she sees Gorgeous, but, like, she's kind of switching back and forth between Gorgeous and Auntie, and, like, it's in a wedding dress, and is saying, calls her mommy at one yeah, point? Yeah, with the solo yeah, nip yeah. out. Like, I was like, yeah, are just, we... just with one, one titty. Are we, are we breastfeeding? Like, I was very confused. Right, and then she says the mommy thing. How do you not get that image? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm like Madonna and Child. Like, I. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what they were going for. I, I haven't been able to find anything. I'm sure some people have written essays about, like, just what's happening wow, with this. Wow, I'd love to read those. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, uh, when it came out in Japan, critics were kind of eh on it, but it got a really big cult following with the I... youths. 
I'm not shocked. Can't imagine yeah. why. And I don't think it premiered in North America until 2009. What? So, really? Like, like official Criterion premiere release thing. Uh, it was you know people did like you know bootleg VHSs and stuff, but LimeWire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the Asian Film Festival uh, in 2009 was when they started it. Wow. Wow. But what a time. yeah, then yeah, Ryoko goes to meet Gorgeous, and Gorgeous is like, "Hey, what's up, Ryoko? My friends are gonna be hungry soon. They they wake up when they're hungry. Combust." Yeah. burst into flames i thought that was pretty scary actually just gorgeous staring her staring into this poor innocent woman's soul and saying my friends are hungry when they're awake <laughs> yeah and just and smiles the very concept of spontaneous combustion is freaky yeah moral of the story is here's the moral of the story that i got from this movie don't wear a scarf pretty much <laughs> don't wear a scarf that's what i learned from this movie is that I can't argue. it it's nothing but trouble if you wear a scarf um teenagers will hate you and if you wear a scarf mm-hmm. and you're in front of said teenager that hates you you will spontaneously combust that's just how it works what do you think of the green eye thing that it was the cat up until it wasn't the cat signified magic was happening yeah do you think it was like do you think it was like the spirit of the the aunt going in like i can't tell i can't tell if the true devil of the movie the true antagonist was the aunt or the cat or whatever spirit was possessing the cat like which came first cat possession Mm -hmm. or aunt spirit like evil spirit or were they one and the same that's that's possible it could be a split up soul situation i man also i've it also ends with a long monologue not a long monologue but like just a monologue that doesn't really mean anything all i wrote was (laughs) it explains the sequel to the phantom of the opera's title love never dies Mm -hmm. that's that's just what it was about and it's like putting a bow on it. It's like, it's cause auntie's fiance died. That's what this was all about. It's like, was it? <laughs> Are you sure? Did you watch the same movie we did? <laughs> yeah, I think this was about uh, unnecessary nudity and cats murdering. Which cats? Which cats? Now, is that is that something that anyone's ever heard before? No. That a, a regular cat can open the door, but only a witch cat okay. can shut a door? Other way around, I think. No, that's no, no, right. You're, you're right. I you're right. loved that. I'm like, where can I get that tattooed on my body that is not? <laughs> it's a nice little bit of lore. Yeah. That's going to freak me out if I ever pet it. Well, my cat's just dumb and can't open a door. So my cat's... I feel like it's easier to close a door than it is to open a door. Yeah. As a cat. But, you know, that's what... But which? Which cat... Like, if a door is already in a shut position, the cat's got to fiddle with the handle. No, but here... If it's, like, all the way clicked in. But if it's just open, a cat could apply enough pressure to close it. But here's the thing. Why would a cat shut a door unless they knew they had to shut the door? That's the thing. 
if a cat wants Unless, to get through something, they'll just be like, there's something in my way. I'm just going to use my oh. cat head and go. <laughs> but if it's open, what reason? Why are they closing, why are they closing it? it? What reason do they have to close it? It's not only which cats can close the door, only which cats do close the door. I think you guys have sold me on this one. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good thought. <laughs> all right. Um, do do we think that's all we can discuss with House? Do we want to move on to the criteria? Do you have any more Sweet. talking points we want to... Here's the thing. Okay. I know <laughs> that the listeners are hearing this and are thinking this is enough. I'm just going to tell you right now it's not enough. You need to watch <laughs> this movie and then it will all make sense. It won't make sense, but like it, the visual, it will make sense. Yeah, you'll you'll be watching it and be like, oh, they they said that combination of words. They said the girl's body was trapped in a clock and started bleeding purple. <laughs> I thought that that was just like a non sequitur that didn't make sense, but nope, that's real. That happened. There yeah, there must yeah, be a reason for this plot point. Nope. <laughs> Surprise! There isn't. <laughs> Surprise! It just happened, but. <laughs> You gotta watch the movie and figure out why the episode is called Another Gushers Moment. <laughs> yes! Nobody make me bleed my own blood. <laughs> wow. Do we want to do the criteria? Which yeah, let's go every for year it. To somehow compare this to the pacifier. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like... I appreciate that Dylan was like, okay, you're comparing movies to the pacifier. Here's a challenge. I love it. I love it when it's like not even, there's nothing similar. Just nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not language, not time period, not genre, nothing. Just. Those are my favorite ones to do. All right. So how was the soundtrack? I mean, it worked with the tone. A thousand out of ten. Phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. There were a few uh, songs with words. (laughs) <laughs> that i like didn't really catch but i was like oh i thought this would just be like a score but nope yeah that one at the end on the credits that was a bop that was a bop yeah that was a bop yeah. next where does the main actor land on the dieselometer the comparison of vin diesel performances based on charm and ability how oh, i mean uh gorgeous i guess would be our main character and that's why i have she's played by kimiko Ikegami? Beautiful. What do you guys have? I think it's got to be Dom Toretto, right? Like. Because <laughs> it's about family? It's her aunt? Well, I mean, yeah, you can say that. But also, like. <laughs> says Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a character who has a, a crazy trajectory from, like, stealing TV race car man to a secret agent. Um, yeah and her trajectory there and also he becomes a villain in the eighth one oh except he doesn't really like yeah it's you know, it's he, more he's not he doesn't that. stick a villain like she does but yeah <laughs> all right that's that's actually a good explanation for that that's i well. i was thinking i mean it's kind of my go-to for any like supernatural strange movie we do but pitch black it's just a strange world and reacting to it. No thoughts. All right, that's acceptable. 
Here's the thing, though. Like, in the pacifier, Vin Diesel's character is just, like, it's like, he's, like, good cop. And Gorgeous is, like, bad cop. So, I can't... So, you would say that Gorgeous is... Gorgeous, because she is. Beautiful young Mm -hmm. lady. Like, if we're talking looks, I mean, she's not jacked, but... She's she's no kung fu. She's no kung fu. But she is a close second. She's like she she's reverse Shane Wolf though. The darkest timeline Shane Wolf. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to connect. Beautiful. Love it. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's that's the whole point of the show. (laughs) Did I like this as a kid or would I have liked this as a kid? As a child? Absolutely not. I I see I said maybe. This shit was bonkers. What kind of childhood did you have? I I feel like there was enough, like, funny stuff here. Especially, like, if you watch it with people. What kind of friends did you have as a child? (laughs) Ah, I mean, did did you ever watch any, like, wacky horror movies? What's the one with the the dentist? The guy, he's a dentist, and he, like, takes all the teeth out of the lady. It doesn't sound... You, you it, said description. You said dentist in horror, and I know you're not talking about little. Yeah, shop, I was like, that, like not. that's all I could think of. That's immediately <laughs> where my brain went to. I don't. It's, uh, it's probably called like the dentist or something. I truly, I have no idea. Like, and we saw it the once. Like I, thinking like, back. And then, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was just, I was just gonna name another one. That that one on the ski lift was it frozen. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that came out well after we were kids, though. Like, oh, where is was it was like twenty ten, oh. wasn't it? Oh damn, was it that late? Okay, then I saw that way after I was a like, kid. okay, so what's kid, right? Like, kid, I'm thinking like between seven and eleven. I would not have liked it. I probably like my brain would have been elsewhere. If we're saying kid, like twelve to fifteen. The group of friends that I had would absolutely have watched this movie because they were just that way. And I would have been there Mm -hmm. and I would have been doing literally anything else than watch the movie. (laughs) In the other room. (laughs) See, I think this is a perfect storm of stuff I would have hated as pretty much like until I got to college. Because it's like horror movie as a kid being like, it's old. I don't want to watch something that's old being in a different language like having to read the subtitles even though all i watch are things with subtitles now not like the different language thing just always having subtitles on but like it's like it was a perfect storm of like no not for me why would i want this but now great yeah this is great great, great consumption of brain matter and it's similar to how i feel about well i guess it's completely different but there's this there's this bollywood film called three idiots i love that movie it's so good right and it's so fucking bonkers it's It's like it's like forrest gump but an hour and a half longer (laughs) i love bollywood i regret my choice now for the next podcast oh all right that's fine no it's fine it's fine connor i recommend it all right, I'll watch it at some it's point. Beautiful. What has the director gone on to do? So as mentioned before, this was directed by Nobuhiko Nobah- 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 Obayashi. 
is what was trying to come out. And he unfortunately did pass away last year from lung cancer in April. Rest in peace. But he, I mean, he has 60 credits on IMDb. He was directing stuff up until 2019. Other stuff that he's known for is the the Discarnats, Sada, Turning Point, The Last Snow. I'm just naming things. I Want to Hear the Wind Song. And his latest movie, I don't think, has secured an American release yet. It's called Labyrinth of Cinema. I may have talked to somebody right before this episode, and they may have let me know that it's going to come out this year, and they're just waiting for theaters to reopen to show it. I'll never tell, or I'll tell you afterwards. It's not really that exciting. (laughs) But uh, it's apparently a three-something-hour epic about a, a movie theater that shows old war movies right before it gets closed and like friends get sucked into the war movies i think is how it was described to me. sold yeah next next yeah, no <laughs> i'm i'm into yeah. it yeah hopefully soon wow if only i if only we could like actually go to a cinema right yeah yeah god someday I, someday. someday i literally had to dream about it this week <laughs> This movie gave me Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz vibes, like the sets. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I see that. I, I, I get that. I feel like we could have gotten a a beautiful Wizard of Oz rendition, Japanese Wizard of Oz from this man. Rip, Ripperino. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. in looking into his filmography more. Uh, is there anything as memorable as the Peter Panda dance from The Pacifier? The whole movie? Yeah, a lot's going to stick with me. <laughs> yeah. I think every individual kill. Let's see. I specifically said Blanche the Cat and the piano, but also a lot of it. I <laughs> specifically wrote down when... Uh, Mr. Toda, Toadie, whatever his name is. Uh, Togo. To- yeah. Uh, when he falls down the stairs and lands in the bucket <laughs> and all of a sudden he's just in the bucket. Like, that yeah. will stay with me for the rest of my life. Also, how that's all sped up. It's That scene. Like, I could just, just, the entire I could thing. just the picture... The kid's drumming on his But it wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't there. Speaking of Mr. Togo, who's the Brad Garrett Carol Kane, insane, memorable side character of the film. I gave that one to Kung Fu. Alright. Oh, so good. Who'd you say, Luke? I'm gonna say Mr. Togo. But but Kung Fu did karate chop my heart. Like, (laughs) she had me. This is a Kung Fu stand podcast. Yeah, (laughs) that's all we are. I would say Mr. Togo, but the more we discussed it, Chef Bear is pretty exciting. The bear. Oh, Chef Bear. The, the bear. He's there. <laughs> okay, maybe he's not. He that owns memorable. the restaurant. <laughs> he has Did a he make the noodles? Business. He's yeah. trying his best. I feel like the these the the these two the Brad Garrick Carol Kane and the Sound of Music subplot are like interchangeable. At this point, 
<laughs> yeah, with the specificities. But since you brought it up, is there anything in this movie that's as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot from the Pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember, is a subplot that comes in about halfway through the movie. Seth, one of the boys Vin Diesel is watching, isn't showing up to wrestling practice. But when he is found by the vice principal, Brad Garrett, he has bleached blonde hair and a Nazi armband in his locker. So naturally, everyone assumes he's a Nazi, and instead of saying, no, I'm not, he just goes home and sneaks out, and Vin Diesel uh, follows him on a children's bicycle to discover he's actually playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music, where he has a 40-year-old Liesel. Also, Vin Diesel ends up directing that production at the end. Brilliant. It's been a while since I've done that. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. Um, I think I said it earlier, but I've got to give it to Mr. Toda on this one. Just, just the coming in and being like eating ramen in a in a shop owned by a bear, um, holding up traffic randomly with his bike or his car, tiny buggy, um, turning into a banana, and then having there like bananas 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 absolute no resolution for his subplot it's just a pile of bananas that's it that's got to be it for me man <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> because it like it was freaky because when you're when it's like zooming in on him and he's in the car he's like hitting his head Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's one motion hitting his head. It's like a loop. So they like hit his head once and then they edited it to make it look like. Just keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Like, like the, he can't control it. Like the Star Wars. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, it was either the whole movie or the fact that this was written as a response to Jaws. Oh, that's good too. I think that's nuts. Yeah, man. Just... I, I was also like all of it. You know, the, the, the camera angles, the plot, the bear that owns a restaurant. <laughs> we do love restaurant bear. <laughs> I would eat his ramen. I would. I would go. Oh, absolutely. He probably has a little bear family he has to support. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where is... And I'm invested in supporting his family. <laughs> the more we talk about this, the more I'm just picturing Bob's Burgers, but it's a bear. Oh. <laughs> In a ramen shop. Wow. Yeah. Still H. John Benjamin. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but he's speaking Japanese the whole time. Yeah. Itadakimasu! <laughs> Itadakimasu. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> ne. Linda-san. Linda-san. <laughs> Alright. Wow. And what's your ranking and rating for this? <laughs> I give it a dune buggy full of man bananas. It's, uh, it's dead even for me, dog. Man bananas. <laughs> you bet. Uh, ten nips out of ten. <laughs> I give it eight piano playing fingies out of eight, and I think it's better because of the insanity. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> Pacifier never stood a chance. <laughs> I mean, just in, in terms of sheer creativity and balls-to-the-wall-ness. Just, yeah. Just nothing. All right. Well, that's our discussion on House. And now for our next episode, Taylor has our movie and they're going to give us some clues so we can figure it out. It's time to play the coming attractions game. Dun, 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 dun. All right. 
Clue one. There's a live band that performs in the movie. Clue two. There's also a cult following. Is this from the 2000s? No. Okay. Clue three. All of the actors did their own stunts. Is there a uh, is there a big mascot head involved <laughs> no. here? Okay. Uh, clue four. Hmm. Or question four. What do Coors Banquet and Dirty Dancing have in common? What do? Colorado? Nope. <laughs> I don't... Um... Answer. They're actors. Coors Banquet is an actor? Dirty Dancing is an actor? Well, they're oh. movies. Of course they have actors in them. <laughs> Wait, so is it a... <clears throat> Patrick Swayze? He's in it. Is it Ghost? No. Live band Patrick Swayze. Stunts, cult following. Um. Roadhouse? Yeah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roadhouse it is. Um, Roadhouse. Sam Elliott. <laughs> is the spokesperson for Coors Banquet. Okay. Uh, and Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott is also... Who has my favorite line in that yep. film. Yeah, so Roadhouse it is. I I think I struggled with getting that as soon as I heard Patrick Swayze, because I thought Luke would immediately go like, oh, Roadhouse, as soon as he heard Patrick Swayze. But I No, I was not. actually on... Um, I was on Red Dawn oh. for a minute. I knew that it wasn't Red Dawn, okay. but that movie's been on my mind. Wow, yeah. I was going to say, what's the greatest movie of all time? The Patriot. <laughs> the Social Network. With Mel Gibson. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I was, I told Josh, Josh is my partner, and I said, Josh, do I choose The Patriot? <laughs> do I just ask the question, what is the greatest movie of all time? And just leave it at that. Um, but I felt that uh, it, it, would, it was just too easy. It would just be too easy, so I went with something yeah, else. No, the, that oh. was a tough one. It took longer to guess than some of them have been. Boom. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for giving us that movie. Tune in next week for our episode on Roadhouse with another special guest. And thank you very much for being on, Taylor. Do you have anything you want to promote or plug? Or Wow, hi. Um, I'm a voice actor, and I do stuff audiobooks and i just got hired to do graphic novels so keep a lookout for those you can uh i also crochet a lot and i sell sweaters and stuff um and uh i'm a, a g general nerd so um <laughs> i promote nerdum are you are you creating the graphic novel, or are you voicing the graphic uh, novel? Or can you not tell? I cannot say. I am not creating oh, the graphic right. novel. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> That's super exciting. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being yeah, here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Of course. And as always, you can follow us anywhere at No Highway Pod you know facebook twitter instagram there's the no highway option youtube channel you know what i bet that bear in the noodle shop knew how to cook 
I bet he knew how to cook chicken wings real well. Uh, which which relates to something that we are desperately on the search for. Uh, me and especially Connor, he texts me in the middle of the night about it. He just he won't he won't stop asking for it. I'm not uh, the one who texts in the middle of the night in this back and forth. We are uh, I'm usually we're the, asleep. We're on the search for a specific a specific recipe, and if we get it, we'll dress up like bears and we'll we'll do a live video of us making it. Um, this has not been discussed with anyone else. I will tune in. This is news. <laughs> like, stream live. As, as, as long as it doesn't tie into a Midsummer episode, sure. Oh, man. I'm too a, scared to watch Are there Midsommar. bears making chicken wings in Midsummer? There's guys in bear suits. Brilliant. Damn, I actually haven't seen what that one yet. One. I saw the other one with the head. I'm too scared. Um, but yeah, the end of that plug is uh, there was an old restaurant in Amherst, Massachusetts, called Rafters Bar and Grill. The restaurant has since closed, but not from our hearts. They had a chicken wing sauce called the Yukon Gold Sauce, and we are looking for that recipe. So if you can get us in touch with the old owners, you could you could have them call our phone line, get us in touch. We will we'll make that chicken. I feel like I have to explain this to every new guest. I've never been to this place. I just got <laughs> roped into it because I'm here. But we do have that phone line Luke was talking about where you can leave a message if you want to do the chicken thing. If you want to request a movie, we put in a random request roulette for a bonus episode. If you want to share your thoughts, if you watched House after this came out (laughs) and want to be like, hey, what the hell was that? Then absolutely call us at 301-941-7493. Or 301-941-SIZE, if you're better at remembering words than numbers. You know, you could be a European slash South African, I think I looked up the area code and that's what it was. A scam that calls me three times at 5.30 in the morning. But, uh, you know, that's possible. Not leave a message. That's sure. showbiz, baby. That's Yeah, that, that's the risk of being like, hey, everyone, Call me. here's a phone number. If, if you are leaving a scam at least leave a message you yeah know? at least leave a message leave so we can air, play it on air so we can tell everybody about what's going on what you want us to sell yeah we'll, we'll be your free uh <laughs> uh launch line like free advertisement man <laughs> uh, ambassadorship no no down payment that's some free exactly. advertising right there what do you know don't you know that's a free <laughs> advertising you know. there and this episode i believe is coming out around the time so i think it's safe to announce that we are going to be doing a bonus episode that luke texted me asking about and i'm doing it begrudgingly on Zack snyder's justice league so (laughs) tune in for that where it's going to be four hours of me complaining that it's in four by three aspect ratio and that sucks brilliant anyway that just tune in for that bonus we'll probably have a random request bonus coming up at some point uh you know get ready for it yeah i've been told if we do a certain one somebody wants to guest specifically which will be very strange if it actually happens anyway that's a tease what'd you say i said cryptic yeah and of course thank you to ian c weber for composing our theme song the c this week stands for cat cat works Follow the link in our show description to hear all of Ian's cool compositions.
Yep, the piano trusts him. The piano wouldn't eat him leaving only fingers. No, sir. I guess. I don't know. I, I that, that relates, right? But anyway, that's all. Tune in next week for Roadhouse with another special guest. And as always, uh, thank you again for being here, Taylor. My pleasure. And as always, for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And I've been Taylor. And these have been our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that's too bad because it's our way. No, no highway, highway option. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now